0: Jacksonville Jaguars Podcast with Corey, Derek, and JK3. Alright, welcome to Down by the Bank. This is Corey. Hey guys, what's up? It's Derek.
1: Hey, what's up guys? It's JK3.
0: Alright, so we're back recording. Had a little bit of a hiatus there. Um, and uh, yeah, I know that... The pitch, no. Stop it, stop it, stop it.
2: You know good and well the people are going to be like, this wasn't a hiatus. Y'all jokers disappeared. Like, where did y'all go?
0: (laughs) We ghosted
2: our uh, listeners,
0: basically. Yeah,
2: we we ghosted them. And and I'll just tell you, I think it's just life. That's the only excuse I have. Life uh, stuff happens.
1: (laughs) I don't have any excuses. I was sitting here recording podcasts by myself. You know, I got a bunch of content (laughs) lined up. With your your Xbox headphones. I just got a bunch of content (laughs) lined up, baby. Ready to go. Got content ready. You guys want a draft episode? Line it up. I'm ready to go. Well, Derek, (laughs) I think
0: you said... Did you say JK three was recording a new podcast about some kind of shorts or something? What was that? You were. Saying? Yeah.
2: Yeah. He gets these shorts, man. I don't know what he, what he called it. Uh, a hot
1: dad, summer shorts or something like that.
2: Yeah, man. I swear. If you- <laughs> yeah. you,
1: yeah, telling you, man, that, that's it. Like, and, and for the, for the, for everyone that doesn't know what we're talking chubbies, like, so just imagine i I'm, but I'm not dropping like $65 on some swim trunks. You know, I'm going to your local, um, I don't know, like mall and getting some, whatever they've got in there. And then that's what I'm wearing. So it's oh. like chubbies, but without, you know, anyways, they're fun. Uh, yeah. With Birkenstocks too? With Birks too? Oh, hey, man. <laughs> Once I get my feet right, I get my feet right, I'm getting me some Birkenstocks, man. All right. All right. Enough. <laughs> Enough.
0: Yeah, we took a hiatus to start talking about <laughs> yeah. this weird stuff, yeah. and immediately lose anybody that was still subscribing to us. Um, no, we're uh, we're definitely excited to uh, to be back, and uh, we'll definitely be recording pretty consistently going forward. In fact, uh, we do have some potentially uh, you know pretty cool news coming down probably next week, so we'll circle back on that. But um, JK3, you had a good point when we were chatting beforehand. Uh, about the fact that every off season we tend to, you know, sort of drink the Kool-Aid and, um, you know, no matter what the circumstances were, you know, whether it be the draft or free agency or or whatever it is, we're always sort of optimistic no matter what leading into a season. But this season does seem to be a little different because there's so many changes and, you know, huge national attention. And so JK three from the drinking the Kool-Aid perspective, how are you feeling this year versus years past?
1: Okay. So, between one and 10, one being a cup, 10 being an IV. I have an IV of the Kool-Aid in my, in my arm right now. <laughs> it's a little slow drip. Just give it right to me that I, I mean, it, and it feels, it feels so much different now because we actually have like, we're not making a a case for a certain player. You know, we're not making a case for a player that's only known here in Jacksonville. Like we are making cases for players that like Lavishka Shanell that should have a breakout year. Um we're making player making cases for James Robinson who was fourth in the NFL, fourth or fifth in the NFL in rushing last year, you know what I mean? And then on top of that, you know, you add in um, you know, Trevor Lawrence. And so it, it to me it, it it sounds it looks it feels different. Um I feel like from a uh, uh, from a personnel, you know, perspective, we have, ha- we've got some players that have been in big market teams, um, you know, that are now coming to Jacksonville, uh, and looking to kind of elevate that, um, uh, and then, you know, throw in the guy from, from Nice and uh, you know, it's just, it's good, man. I, I I'm, I'm happy about it.
0: Yeah. Derek, I'm not familiar. Who's the guy from Nice? I haven't heard about that yet. Um, We'll, we'll talk about him at another uh, another time. Uh, apparently, he's going to be one of the better players
2: on the team, from my understanding. You know, we're we going to talk about him another time. We, we all know who he is. But, you know, the, the biggest thing that, that I look at this is, for the last, what, when was Gus's first year? Was it 2012? 2013. 2013? 2013. I felt like we've been doing the same thing for the last seven years. The same exact thing. It's like the blueprint. We already have a running back. We need to pick a safety. Okay. We already have, you know, we, we already have this. So, so you know, we, we don't need to pick that. Oh, we don't need, you know, a, a guy who, although he, he's not too proven in the NFL, he doesn't deserve another shot because, you know, and people are making so many other comments about that that we're not even going to talk about that. But what I love is Urban Meyer is doing what the heck he wants to do, okay? That's the biggest thing. He doesn't care about us. He do not care about the fans. He do not care about all the other media or whoever the case may be, he, whoever it is. He's doing what he wants to do because what he feels is best to help this team win. And that's all we should care about, care about is how many W's can he get, all right? And that's it. So who cares if we got ETN? With James Robinson. So what? Oh, well, ETN, what's he going to do? Play wide receiver? Like, you can't do that. A running back can't play wide receiver. Oh, well, you know, well, I, I hate to say it, but there's actually been a few backs in the league that have caught over 100 balls and ran 4,000 yards. Okay. So yeah. it, it, can, it can work. Okay. But we don't know that. I don't know that. But he can try. All right. We do need breakaway speed. And not just focusing on one position, but he's doing what he wants to do. Sure, he wanted. Oh, he just did that because he settled because he didn't get Tony. Okay, what was he else was he supposed to do? Get a player you thought was better, or that the national media thought was better? Remember, the national media started saying that Zach Wilson was better than Trevor Lawrence after they found out that the Jags were going to get the first pick. They don't right. care about tech, no. They just care about the money and the marketing. So let Irvin do what he wants to do, man. That's 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 my own thing. That's what I like about so, it. Is so he's doing can exactly
0: I put? <laughs> Let me play devil's advocate on that. Is there any reason Derek or maybe JK3 if you have a thought on this too that there's a, a a negative side to him having almost too control too much control in this situation coming from strictly college experience and not really having any NFL experience at all? Is there too much power in his hands?
1: I don't know I don't know if he's got too much power yet because it is his first year and I think they are kind of just kind of letting him you know, kind of run free with what he's doing and really just seeing how it's going to pan out. Um, I, I think right now from the pulse and what I've been seeing as far as some of the, you know, the, the, the players um, and some of the little things that they've let out from OTAs and things like that, from uh, the limited media availability, everyone looks happy. Uh, everyone's saying the right things. Uh, even when you're watching the hunt on the, the, their, their little YouTube series that they're putting together, I mean, the, the right things are being said, but, you know, at the end of the day, what's going to really dictate his power is how many Ws that he gets in 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 the year. That's what's really going to dictate his power. If this guy's doing all these unorthodox things and come up with all these different slogans and sayings, and you know, uh, we're we're going to have the best performance facility, we're in the best recovery, and all sort of stuff. If you're doing all this best stuff and getting all these things, and y'all go five and what five and twelve this year? Like, okay, so you 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 won five games from the last you know regime that went one in 15. Um so you know what 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 are you doing? So the more W's he gets, the more power that he has. It's kind of like Thanos and in the Infinity Gauntlet. The more stones <laughs> that he gets, the more, the more powerful he's gonna be. Now if Urban comes in first year, turns the team around with the expanded playoff system, um, you know, they win nine games, uh eight games maybe depending on how the chips stack up and how many wins they get in the AFC and AFC South or whatever. The guy that makes the playoffs in the first year. I mean, next year he's going to have unlimited power. I mean, he's going to have he's going to have his say because he's laid the foundation.
0: Well, Derek, that's that's kind of my concern is what should our expectations really be? Because if you're coming from a one-win season and the very next season expecting too much too much more than that, even with a lot of the additions that we've made. I mean, are we kind of setting ourselves up for failure when it comes to the Kool-Aid thing with all the, the cool stuff happening? Because it's almost like an unprecedented task to really improve that much season over season. It It's not that, you you
2: know, as fans, you, you need to be excited about your team no matter what. Because if you're not, then clearly there's an issue. There's no communication with the team. I tell you that the Jags office has done a tremendous job of keeping people excited, knowing how crappy they've been. But when you think about how what they've done the last seven years, as we talked about, and now that you're adding a different type of personality to make to shake things up, um. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of people that watch football, but maybe not know the history too much of, of, of football. I'll do a little comparison here. So we've all heard the name Jimmy Johnson. Hey, oh, herbs talk to Jimmy. Jimmy Ooh. this, Jimmy that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, <laughs> everybody knows who he is. Okay, for people that don't know, he won a couple Super Bowls with Dallas. He won some national titles with the uh, University of Miami. So he's a legendary football coach. He did something, and what was that? Nineteen ninety. That people thought he was absolutely nuts for, for doing. He traded Herschel Walker. Herschel Walker back then was one of the better running backs in the league. He had a stellar career at Georgia, and people thought he was dumb for trading Herschel Walker from the Cowboys to the Vikings. That trade netted him Emmitt Smith and Darren Woodson, and a couple other guys that maybe a lot of you know, a lot of you may not know, but they were instrumental in them winning the Super Bowl. Little bit different scenario, but my point is he did something wild that no one thought he would do and it was just out of the ordinary and out of the norm, and people thought he was nuts. Look what happened. That that's my only thing. So it different in this case, in my opinion, is good. Urban Meyer being here is good. It's different. Okay. I wasn't I'm still kind of worried about two years from now, if you know, like I said, the the courtship was great. The beginning of the marriage will be awesome, but the divorce could be pretty ugly because that's how he's kind of you know left things at the last couple stops. But I'll take the different. And when it comes to the the entire fan base, you know, everyone, you know, trying to buy in to see should our expectations be, you know, higher or lower. I mean, heck, we got a we got the first pick, and it's it's a great quarterback, one of the best quarterbacks to come out in the last, you know, five, ten years.
1: Well, the yeah. expectations, yeah. the expectations, they've got to definitely be higher right now. Because yeah. I feel like, you know, the the thing, I feel like the past, I want to say maybe three seasons, three or four seasons, they did a good job of building what would be the quote unquote foundation. Uh as far as like the offensive line goes. I mean, the offensive line, in my opinion, and I've been saying this for years on this podcast, offensive line hasn't been necessarily the issue. Um, You know, the offensive line, as far as grades on uh, PFF or the way that you even look at it, even passing the eye test, they haven't been as, you know, terrible as most people have, you know, pictured them to be. I mean, you still have a lot of and the reason why I'm weighing that is because I think that is the position group that's had the most continuity over the last couple of years as far as having, you know, um, Cam, um, Norwell, Linder, Cam, Cam. So, a majority of those pieces there, I mean, you've added uh, Jawan Taylor in the last two years, you know, too. So, I think that's had the most, you know, continuity. But I think the thing that's really going to weigh in and really what's going to, you know, really prove on Urban, I think he, and to, to mention, you know, Jimmy Johnson making that transition from um, NFL or from college to NFL, but I think it's going to be more of like a Pete Carroll esque uh, as well in Seattle, taking a team that had a little bit of the foundation and doing some unorthodox things like, getting a five, nine quarterback from NC state, Um, you know, kind of seeing those things that certain analysts can't see, but football coaches and football players can see and knowing that they have that it factor. Now I think the thing that is going to get urban in trouble is if he really kind of plays this more as of like Madden, or if he really just kind of starts, you know, doing the things like he can't bring a Tebow in every year. For camp, you know, that's just one of the things you can't do. I understand the relationship, I understand, you know, things like that that are going on with Tebow right now. But eventually, you know, you're going to get to the position right now where you're going to stack wins. And the thing that's going to get him, either he's going to either get over the hump or he's not going to get over the hump. Another case in point Marvin Lewis in Cincinnati um got him to the playoffs consistently, consistently, playoff, playoff 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 never could win the big game never could do it so I think the eye test and I think the uh you know the test for for urban right now is really how far are you going to really be able to take this team and are you going to really be able to get them over the hump with the unorthodox with the untraditional things with your own coaching style is he going to get us over the hump before he gets exhausted that's the question
0: Mm -hmm. yeah you guys have been pretty consistent on that too I remember in the last recording we had when he was hired I mean, heck! I think the the comment that you made, Derek, about kind of the cycle that you mentioned—the uh, getting married and then the ugly divorce, all that sort of stuff—I think our theme back then was that if we get a Super Bowl out of it, <laughs> that's okay. We'll deal with that kind of. Is it worth uh, it? I mean, I think that's kind of the consensus we had last time that it is worth it, right?
2: Yeah, it, it is. It is. It's gonna take. It's gonna take work on his end, and you know. Um, He he's always put in the work, so that's not going to be the issue. The issue is is building a foundation and continuity amongst the team, and then getting the talent around around your players to to make plays. Um, You know, offensively, you look at the team, and it's like, well, you know, is is Urban's system going to work? This the spread with the run. You know, Uh, most people think that it was high flying passing attack. Really, his 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 niche is the ground game. Pretty sure Urban Meyer had a thousand yard rusher every single year from from Utah, from the days of Alex Smith. I think it, all his backs had a thousand yards. So having James Robinson and ETN to change it up, you know, you flex ETN out, you do some things, is going to be very innovative. And then defensively, defensively think is where I think they had the biggest problem now it's on the back end, for sure. Uh, now they've sewn some of that up in pre-agency, so we'll see how that works together, but defensively. And then up front, the the defensive line is probably like 1A, 1B. You could – people, whoever their opinion may be, you could pick and choose. That's where I think our biggest problem is.
1: I think they made strides, honestly, in the defense, in in my opinion. I I think they sewed up a lot of the things, depending on what the verdict is on C.J. Henderson, you know, right now. If if C.J. does come back and if C.J. can continue to um, – I I think that they were, there's still some pieces that need to go like Andrew Wingard. He's got to go. Wingard has, he has to go, um, you know, on on from, from the team. I think, you know, and Wingard and Taven, I'm still surprised they're still on the team right now. I don't understand how the heck Taven Bryan is still on this football team. I don't get it. Uh, And and I hope I never run into this guy in a dark alley and he's probably listening to the podcast, which I hope he's not, but I don't understand like, I I don't I don't get it. But I think as far as within the draft, um, you know, within some of the secondary help that they they brought in, you know, your your Cisco's uh, Andre Cisco, excuse me, which is a little bit of a I don't want to say it's a risk. He's coming off of ACL. He's coming off of a COVID year. So depending on how you look at it, you know, he hasn't played football in two years. But, you know, one of those years when he was, before he got hurt, he was leading the uh, NCAA interceptions. So I think you got a player right there. But then I think you also got another team guy on the other side of the ball, like in, in Shaq Griffin. I think having that personality on the other side of the ball, that outstanding vocal leadership, that's going to really, really be able to help you out. You're bringing back Miles um, as well. You're bringing back Josh Allen. Um, and then on top of that, you know, in the, in the draft, you were able to go ahead and secure um you know some really good you know Tyson Campbell if you can roll out if you're four cornerbacks on on week on week uh, 1 or excuse me week 1 of the uh, the NFL season are Campbell, CJ Henderson, um Shaq Griffin and if you want to go ahead and throw in um what's Sydney uh, um Sydney Joe. Jones I think his name is yeah yeah if yeah. you throw, throw those in yeah bro that's a, that that's a good starting four and then it, and it, and and then if you bring in you know depending on if they run a nickel or a dime you know whatever they, what, whatever they're gonna uh you know do right now I'm not sure what they're gonna do but if you then uh you know go ahead and bring in you know Chris Chris Claybrooks or you know any of those other guys right now to kind of play that nickel I mean that that's that's a stride compared to what they had last I mean the last two years. Yeah, it really is. I mean, you got you got actual players on the team right now. Um, actual good, you know, first round talent. Um, you know, at all positions in the corners, if you decide to bring in four, uh, and then you know, uh, again, if you decide with the linebackers, you know, um, Leon, Jacobs. It is what it is. But um, you know, they're there. I think they're solid there. But the defensive line too, they address that minus Taven. But I mean, you've got. Jahard Ward, that was in. Smoot, I, they, they love Smoot for some reason. I, I think he's Yeah, because he can get – and what I mean,
2: he, Smoot can get off the ball. You know, he, he definitely can yeah. rush the passer. But, I mean, as far as the continuity and the the chemistry. Yeah. They, they've signed talent. I'm not saying they haven't signed guys or or drafted some guys. Most people, you know, or not most people, but people may not agree with, you know, the Cisco pick because of the, the, the ACL – but ACL nowadays, man, that's it's not an Achilles or a um, a microfracture. ACLs, yeah. these guys are like machines, man. But um, I want to see the the continuity and the consistency on defense, and then making sure that we have the right coaches uh, in place. Now we got some really good assistance, you know, from Baltimore. But um, making sure this the scheme is right. The, uh, you know, who knows if we're going to, you know, play a three four four three There's so many hybrids. The whole base of all those things are out the window. But that's what I want to see, just chemistry, continuity, chemistry like, like you know, like the defense is going to bend but don't break, you know, not give up 40 points, not. Um, but I think what will help that is the fact that we're probably going to have an offense that's I'm not going to say that Morin um, isn't going to throw some picks because he is. But hopefully he doesn't throw 30 picks or have like, you know, 20 picks and 10 fumbles. You know, that's something we don't want. So the turnovers is definitely going to help the defense because a lot of times our
0: defense was left out to dry last year because the offense was just so bad. What is is it about the offense that's going to be most attractive to you guys? Because what I'm reading is that the wide receiver group is actually probably maybe one of the most underrated parts of the team. Would you agree with that?
1: So the the, the receivers, I, you know, I, I, I'm not. Gonna, I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't watch a lot of Detroit football, so I'm not going to sit here and tout Marvin Jones, you know, because I, I just don't know. I'm not going to tout Philip Dorsett because I don't know. Based off of what I do know with the offense that we have right now, um, you know, LaVishka, DJ, um, Colin. I think there needs to be a a lot of step up with Colin Johnson. Um, But I think the most exciting thing about the offense right now and what I can see within those pieces of bringing in, you know, Marvin Jones um, and then, you know, building off with James Robinson, ETN and and T-Law is that. You know, I don't think our drives are going to end on our 40 yard line anymore. I don't think that this is going to be an offense that is as as three and out as it has been over the last couple of years. Um, I think that even if the drives do stall, I think there's a better chance of the drives stalling now and then ending with a possible three-point field goal. You know, if we can get our drives, if they, I mean, of course we want every drive to end in a touchdown, but that's not going to happen. But if you can, one, have the time of possession, maintain the time of possession, and keep those drives going where they are ending within You know, three points. If they're ending within, you know, something where you know you're up six nothing, and the opposing team can't do anything, and you have to make a couple changes here and there. You're up six nothing on a team right now, and they go ahead and score a touchdown, or the Jags score a touchdown. Now you're up pretty big. And majority of the NFL games, you know, it's hard to come back from 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 down three scores. It really is. So I think that the, the 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 offense right now is in prime position. To not necessarily be, you know, the highest scoring offense. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be a Ferrari like you know Kansas City is or anything else like that. But you know, I I think it'll be a Lexus. You know, I, I'll I'll take that. I'll take a Lexus, something that's going to get me there, luxurious, nice. You know, if I can get three points out of a drive, if I can get a three point you know drive and then let the defense have something to actually fight for and try to stop, and then if I've got an offense that can still Keep me within the game if I know it's not going to go three and out, and if I know they've got a you know a chance to not necessarily hit a home run every time, but continue to to drive and continue to milk the clock and continue to convert. You know that that second down, um, you know convert it to maybe you know second. If you know you, you can you get maybe four or five yards on second down, now you're looking at maybe you know like a like a third and four. You know thir- something more where you don't have to be so predictable where you got to pass you can you know hit James Robinson in with a draw you know shovel pass out to Etienne, you know anything like that I don't think it's going to be just you know just a me- mediocre you know drive killing offense where they're you know they don't even make it past their 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 30 or 40 yard line when they're punting like back in the day we would punt and the opposing you know uh punt returners feeling the ball on their you know on their thirty. And, you know, a, a good 20-yard return, maybe 22-yard return, now, now they're, on, they're on the side of the field. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Derek, I'd ask you, um, and, and I want to hear your thoughts on that as well, but also if you could expand on the tight end position too. And you you can exclude the, the guy from Nice because I know that's kind of like a project thing, but maybe you can help me understand the importance of the lack of depth in that position, because I know that's been one of the biggest concerns that I've heard about, at least, that that we just don't have a lot there. So, um, you know, what would your take on that be? So when you, when you look at the
2: offense, th- the way it's built and the way that, you know, historically Urban Meyer has coached, because he could change. You know, he could make some adjustments based on the NFL speed of DBs, and we'll get to that here in a second. But you've got to have a tight end on like play action, and especially in the red zone. Okay, when you look at a lot of things that, you know, you can't say Kansas City because they're so freaking dynamic with Kelsey. They, they will flex him out, put him in the backfield. They'll do all kind of crazy stuff with him. But when you look at your average NFL team that, you know, is historically well at putting points on the board, their tight ends are lethal in the red zone. Not a tight end, they're tight ends, all of them. They put in a scheme to, to play well to make sure that between the hashes, okay, because coverage gets tight down there. So to have a bigger body instead of your, you know, DJ Sharks probably what? We'll just be comfortable saying he's 6'2, 220, probably about right. Why? You know, you could throw it to him if he's open, or you could find your big tight end at 6'5, 250, or 6'3, 245, is most people around here probably think that's how much, you know, how tall Tebow is and how much he weighs, who knows, but a bigger target. And that's the biggest thing is you, you need those big targets. Um Even, even with uh, like in Tampa with, with Gronk, Gronk didn't really play too much during the year, but when it came time for playoff time, when they needed a big catch, Brady went to him because there was, you know, consistency and, and familiarity, but he's also a bigger target. You know, he, he just happens to be a freak of nature. So that, that's the reason why. And, and the second piece, too, is you got to have someone that can block. Now, Farrell, he might be able to block. And, uh, you know, who, who knows? You got O'Shaughnessy still on the team. You know, Tyler Davis. I think uh, they signed Chris uh, Manhurts. And then, obviously, Tim Tebow. Can they block? And not just block, like, chip and then release like, sometimes they the, – the, not to get too technical here, but sometimes the QB will slide the line over if he sees the pressure coming. And so then now you've got a tight end. Let's say they're coming from – if tight end's lined up on the right side, so that strong side, let's say the blitz is coming from the weak side on the left side, they, sh- they shift the line over if they can't get the back over there in time, so the tackle drops, the whole line shifts. So now you've got a tight end on a defensive end or a 3-4 edge linebacker coming off the corner. Point is – doesn't matter. You got to hold up. You got to keep Trevor Lawrence upright. So that's the biggest thing. That that's the reason. There's a concern there, you know, and it's an obvious concern. And they have to do what they need to do. Again, to you, I guarantee you. uh win, lose, or draw. Whatever our record is, I bet you the first position we pick next year will be tight end in the first or second round.
1: Curse the curse of, the curse <laughs> of Mercedes Lewis.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And 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 you know Mercedes Lewis doesn't do much in Green Bay, core He doesn't play when they get the ball. You know, who knows if he'll play this year. With With Aaron Rodgers being out. Yeah, but he blocks, and then you have to account for him when they get in the red zone. You have to. He's 6'6", 260. So uh, Green Bay loves running those little, like, flat routes, whether he runs out in the flat, which means he just lines up on the end and just goes straight out, or they'll wheel him up. Yeah, let him get caught on a linebacker or or a safety. He's 6'6". They're just going to throw the ball up. They're going to take their chances. We don't have that
1: advantage right now.
2: And it's and one I that we're going to need.
1: I think too, is that the NFL game is also shifting to <clears throat> playing between the hashes. Uh-huh. You know, you, you've got, you've got you, you, every team, you know, you have some burners. You you have very few people that can really just beat you in a track meet and just can run past the defense, uh, especially with the stack safety or a shaded safety above it. You know, you've got very few athletes that can really run through that. A majority of the time you're tight ends. And I think the way that Travis Kelsey eats is because he's playing within the hash and creating those mismatches. He can beat you on a seam route. He can beat you on a whip, whip route. He can beat you within the, those how many how many yards is it between each hash? What is it? I don't not, know. Not to put anybody on the spot, but within those, 15? within those 15, within that, that, that section of the hash, that's where he's, that's where he's lethal. That's where Ebron is. Ebron's lethal in the, in the red zone because he's a big target. Um, uh, buddy from, um, from um, Sam Fran Kittle. I mean, he's just, he's good within that, with, within those hashes. And he, and that's where the, the, uh, the mismatch is made. And a lot of the, a lot of times that's where Kamara, you know, really, really does get you, you know, within, within those hashes. I think the only one that's really like a super, uh, you know, deep threat, you know, right now that can also play within those hashes, uh, would probably be, um, uh, I can't think, uh, I think Ty, well, Tyree, he, he's not, he doesn't play tight end, but you know, he can kind of beat you in the hashes and 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 so forth. But what I'm saying though, is that tight ends, they really make those mismatches right there within those linebackers because they are superior athletes right there. And that's what the Jagsman is.
0: Okay. And I know that this topic is kind of beating a dead horse. So I won't, you know, we probably won't focus too much attention on it. But aside from the, the PR aspect of it and all the hype and all the stuff that comes around with it, the, the Tebow thing, is that, I mean, how do you guys look at that coming into camp? I mean, is that like a legitimate opportunity for him to be sort of like a, a utility player type guy on offense? Maybe he can do a couple different things or, you know, what's your football take on, on bringing him on board, strictly football. Um. You you know uh, if we got
2: to go strictly football, I mean that limits the conversation. But when you look at the fact that the dude's not going to give up, he's not going to quit. So you got to give him that. Um, It's 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 tough learning a a playing. It's tough playing in the National Football League. Period. Let alone playing a position that you've never played before. Let alone the fact that I think we've talked we've texted about this since they've started talking about it. He hasn't been hit in eight years at all. And he played a position where he really didn't get hit all that much. Yeah, I know he ran and all those things, but he was still a quarterback. And now you're going to ask him to basically get in the trenches, you know, with the headhunters, man. Like some of these DBs out here would love to get a clean shot at him just to to see. That's how they think. That's how they are. It's not because they, oh, they hate Timmy. No, they would love to get a clean shot at anybody. So, does he know how to protect himself? He should, you know, but it's been eight years since he's absorbed a hit. So, oh, oh but he's big and strong. Da, da, da. No, no, no. Gronk is big and strong, and five foot 11 Earl Thomas cracked his chest, basically. So, doesn't matter. Like, it's just, you have to, you know, he, he's, he's going to have to learn that, that position, and we'll see. You know, he'll have a whole camp. They just expanded the the whole roster through camp to 90 players. So he's definitely going to be there. And let's see what he can do. I mean, that's that's all we can, you know, look at his fans. Is, let's see if he if he does well, you know, that's great. Yeah, I
1: think that's a good take. I think that the, the telltale sign of this is going to really – is really going to be what happens on, on – in, in training camp, you know, um, seeing how he – does react to you know the the constant grind of training camp, um, the constant wear, uh, and not being protected. But one thing I will say is that uh, week one against the Cleveland Browns on August fourteenth, Saturday night, everyone's going to be tuning in for one or for two things: one, see Trevor Lawrence, and two, to see you know how and when and what type of action Tim Tebow is going to get. Um, you know, because I think as far as him being within camp, he's got to at least, well, he's going to make it to week one to the cuts. And I think that's really, or to that first preseason game, I think that's what's really going to, you know, dictate his, his dexterity and how he's able to with with withstand, you know, hits, even though this is within, you know, it's the, the Cleveland Browns, it's week one of preseason. You can only go so hard uh, in training camp, you know. The first week is really going to be that telltale sign where you've got, you know, someone that's living in their car and they've got a clean shot to take, you know, a hit on a Heisman Trophy winner. And if they're going to take that shot and make it to the next week, you know, as far as cuts go, you know what I mean? So I think that that's going to really be your biggest deciding factor on is if he's able to do it. And I think we'll find out real quick Um, if he does take a hit, if he catches the ball, if he runs out of bounds, or de- depending on if he can kind of switch that mode from quarterback to now actual legal player, not wearing the red jersey during um, you know camps, um, you know being subject to all the you know the, the the contact. But one thing that we've all said is that if Tebow were to ever come to the Jaguars, it would be a media storm, and it has been. The guy's been selling jerseys. Um, you know, I, I think. You know, from a business perspective and from a team perspective, we've got a ton of national media coverage. So that's one thing. And it also takes off the the pressure from from T-Law. You know, Trevor's got a good point. Yeah. Everyone thinks everything's great. You know, he's here, but everyone's talking about Tebow and ETN taking snaps at, uh, at wide receiver. Nobody is talking about Trevor, and I think that's the best thing that we can have is our rookie quarterback out of the spotlight, kind of tucked away, and just in the film room, in the books, and just doing what he needs to do.
0: That is interesting, though. That has to be pretty unique, right? Because Trevor Lawrence, I mean, he was, would you say, like one of the best college quarterback prospects to come out, and for him to kind of already be overshadowed for the most part? Not oh, even yeah. just by those, not even just by ETN and, and Tebow, but like Urban Meyer and just all the other stuff that's going on. It's just, it's kind of wild. You're right. I haven't really heard that much about him. He's kind of just kind of flown under the radar a little bit. Yeah. And and that's
2: the way he's going to position himself too. You know, that's, that's how he's always been. Uh, when he was at Clemson, you know, and except, you know, everyone knew about him by the time, you know, that national title game rolled around against Alabama that first year. and there's you know so many different you know stories. you know oh well, he had great wide receivers. that's why he cooked them. okay, I'm sorry, none of those Clemson wide receivers hadn't done much in the league. So I mean they, they they're starting on teams and or like they're on rosters, but they're not like breaking the bank open. so it's not like they were all world. Um, he, he just kind of moves under the radar. He does this thing um he, he makes good throws and by the time the sophomore year came around you know he he was on the map and still his demeanor and methods didn't change so you know when you look at you know when the the comparison that has been made a few times is Justin Herbert you know Justin Herbert threw like 31 touchdowns completed 66% of his passes he you know you know you only threw 10 picks. It's like, you know, every single aspect of that has been compared to all, So what can Trevor Lawrence do that it is and that, or that, but Justin Herbert did the same thing. He really didn't say much. Remember he wasn't even supposed to start. Okay. That was Tyrod till they screwed up the whole injection into his <laughs> lung or whatever. Y'all remember that Tyrod uh, Taylor was yeah. supposed to start for Justin <laughs> Herbert until I keep wanting to call him San Diego. till LA screwed something up and then Herbert came in and it ended up working out in their favor. You know, but point is, he just stayed, put his head down. So that's what you want. You know, Um it, it, people can say, oh, well, Blake put his head down. Well, he should have kept his head down because, you know, that's just, you know, the boat is the boat.
1: Hey, I hey, think there will not be any, there will not be any <laughs> slander of the boat. The boat has set sail to Green Bay. We it's do start. not slander the boat. The boat is on his on his world tour right now. He went to L.A. last year, and now he's on his way. Uh, you uh, know, he was at L.A. Side. two
2: years ago. Last year he was at home. He was, was down he in Oviedo.
1: No, he was yeah, no. Nah, was. Wasn't he with Denver?
2: Or was he with Denver? He got cut. Some, yeah, a he, he might have been yeah. with Denver. So he's just making his world tour, man. Don't worry, Robbie. About me. Robbie. Robbie was in Oviedo. Okay, just give it up. Robbie was in Oviedo.
1: The right. boat. The boat beats Jordan Love <laughs> out of out of a job. What? <laughs> <laughs> the boat beats jordan love out of the job
2: That's if the boat beats jo- if aaron Rodgers doesn't come back to the packers he's not
1: if, if, Bro, if, if, the, if the boat if, looks like he looks like a like a villain in a movie before he turns into a super villain like yeah, have you the, seen him recently he's not coming back yeah to he looks no. like somebody so, in a in a marvel film before he gets his evil superpowers
2: okay I, I, i'm gonna say it here if if he doesn't come back to Green Bay, and Bortles beats out Jordan Love for a quarterback position, I will take you to any butcher in town and buy you whatever you know steak beef package you want. Okay, I'm telling you. Yeah.
1: Look, I'm yeah. telling you. has got he's got Alan Lazard. He's got Alan Lazard there in Green Bay. He's got Mercedes there in Green Bay. He's got rapport. Don't doubt the boat, man. Hmm. Don't doubt him. Don't count. You know, the
0: both out. Alan okay. Lazard, by the way, is still is like one of our I don't know if do you remember that review about Alan Lazard on our podcast yeah. like years Bro. ago.
1: And it's so funny also is that like I was I was on Twitter. I was scrolling and it said Green Bay is out without its top six receivers. And it was, um you know, all, all of the receivers and Alan Lazard. I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs>
0: So yeah, this the offseason, It's definitely been interesting. I think we're all uh, kind of looking forward to uh, to camp coming up, and um, you know, any final thoughts, I guess, uh, from you guys before we uh, you know kind of get back into the to the you know routine of of being back every week.
2: Um, it, it'll be interesting to see uh, once OTAs are finished um, and kind of just seeing what, what the what the guys do if you see them work out together or you know go throw together if there's any coverage on that. I'm sure they will. Um just a different type of feel.
1: Didn't they have like hundred percent or like close to like 99% of like participants they did. in OTAs? They did.
2: Um and that's the biggest thing is is you know you know uh what's what's the words I'm looking for basically how well they gel as a team. Is is what you know, obviously it's just one year, but do they does Trevor Lawrence start putting that foundation in place, going out and throwing with the receivers, getting that familiarity down so they can go into training camp, you know, ahead of the curve, getting getting ready to go. I mean Urban Myers probably demanding it, although he can't, you know, because it's against union rules that they do things together like that. But I wouldn't be surprised if he is kind of hey, you know, after these OTAs are over, y'all, you know, go out to California, go wherever y'all want to go, but just make sure y'all are together, you know, getting familiar with each other.
0: Sure.
1: Oh, it was me. My bad. Um, <laughs> no, I, I think um, as far as the off season and, you know, what they're going against, um, as we do get back to the normal, man, I'm just ready to see more of the, the stadiums packed, You know, more of the fans back, more of a you know, quote unquote, more normal. Depending on what that's going to be right now, as far as return to the stadium. But um, you know, I'm super excited about the team um, this year. Super excited about um, you know where this could lead. Um, I just hope that our time doesn't. I hope I hope Urban's time doesn't run out run out before we do something really great. I think that's the thing that's in the back of my mind that I'm really worried about. I think they're doing a lot of really good job of getting good strategic pieces on the team right now. Um, And, you know, just actually just coming in and bringing awesome players in, but, you know, we'll see. Yeah,
0: absolutely. No, I think the return to normalcy, that's that's probably the best way to put it, you know. Hopefully training camp will be fully open to the fans. It looks like the season in terms of the stadium capacity is going to be back to uh, 100%, which is cool. And it's definitely going to be weird too to a certain degree. You know, think of the first time we get back to the stadium and you know you're uh, in between, uh, you know halftime, and and you're walking through the the hallways of the stadium, pressed up against people like it was back in the old days. It's going to be a weird feeling, but it'll also be pretty cool at the same time. Uh, so yeah, we're all pretty excited. Again, um, we'll be back next week. We potentially have some uh, some news to share as well. And if you guys don't mind, please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts if you are listening to us on there. But otherwise, we appreciate
3: you guys listening, and we'll talk to you next time. mypatriotsupply.com